Hello, friends. Hello, brothers. This is Justin with Masonic Improvement. Thank you for joining us today. I am very excited to open this uh, video by introducing uh, a, a very special guest that's going to be with the podcast and, and YouTube channel for, for hopefully a very long time, uh, Brother Dennis Yates. Hello, how are you? I'm doing glad to be here. I'm glad to have you here. I, I'm very excited to have you on board. Very excited to be a co-host of Masonic Improvement. It's uh, it's one of my favorite podcasts. I listen to it regularly, and uh, and uh, I don't know, being with with my favorite people is what I like to do. So this is this is exciting. Well, thank you very much. It's my favorite podcast, also, but I think I'm probably <laughs> a little biased. Joining us today will be Brother Chris Williams. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. I'm really glad to be here. Thank you for the invite. Well, I am very excited to have you here today. Uh, Chris, if you don't mind, uh, we'll just jump right into the, to the interview. Cool. So tell me a little bit about your Masonic background. Uh, uh, been a Mason for since about 1985. Uh, I'm a past master at Davy Crockett Lodge, 1225 here in San Antonio and uh, uh, real active in the skies, right? Um, member of the York Rite and the chapter council and uh, consistory and several other organizations that we all get roped into by being Masons for a long time. <laughs> I, I think I know the answer to this, to this question, but why did you join Freemasonry? What, what, what made you decide to, to knock, knock on the door? I, I got to tell you, it's, it's probably not the answer you're expecting, but uh, uh I actually wrote a, wrote a paper on it. Uh, my uh, grandfather was a Mason. He was a past master of Mineral Wells Lodge 611. And uh, he got sick uh, long about the time I was six years old. And uh, he ended up dying about four hours after he, after he got sick. There was a chunk of bone that went up into his brain and killed him. And uh, he, uh, he called for my mother to on his deathbed and uh, he told her that he made her promise him that uh, she would make sure that I became a Mason and uh, oh. left me with a box of Masonic books and paraphernalia. And, and uh, about 30 years later, I finally uh, woke up and realized uh, the promise that she had made and uh, happened to uh, see a, a person who I respected found out he was a Mason and one thing led to another. And I, I, uh, ended up, uh, uh, joining the fraternity. And, uh, so it was, it was not anything that I would, that I had looked forward to, or that I had even researched or anything. It was all because of a, a promise my mo mom made to my grandfather. Wow. Well, now I'm really curious about the box. Did, uh, did you, did you get it at a certain age or not until you I, became a I got it? Uh, I got it. He, he passed that day and I got the box the next day. And, uh, of course, six years old, I, I wasn't really cognizant of what it was, but I did, I did, uh, my, my interpretation of it was there was a lot of weird symbols mm -hmm. and, uh, there was a sword and, uh, <laughs> what I later realized was a chapeau and a, uh, sword belt. And, uh, my grandfather, I found out later was, a uh, was a, uh, a regular uh, attendee and, and a member of the commandery. And uh, uh, I carried those books. It was, it was 
two copies of Morals and Dogma in there. There was a couple of copies of uh, Jewels of Masonic Oratory, which are a collection of, uh, of uh, uh, grand orations from around the country, and uh, some indiscriminate little pamphlets and books. It was, it was kind of cool, but I never actually went through them until I finally became a Mason. Wow. Very cool. Yeah, that's, that sounds like a treasure. <laughs> yeah, when, when I was a kid, was. I was all about treasure. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. When I finally realized it was a treasure, it was a treasure, yes. Wow. <laughs> so you really didn't have any expectations on, on Freemasonry when you, when you, you joined, know, except for what you... No, it's it's interesting that you uh, that you say that I didn't have any expectations because, you know, that's exactly true. I, I came into it because of a a promise that was made within the family. And uh, the only thing that I knew is that it was important to my grandfather. So it had to be something good. And uh, other than that, I had no I didn't even bother researching anything. Uh, uh, I went through all three degrees and. Uh, I can tell you that uh, it is and was the best thing I've ever done, and uh, it never disappointed me. Mm -hmm. So now that you've been in for a while, um, clearly, clearly your your expectations have changed over time because um, you, you stuck around. You saw the value yeah. in it. What would you say, in your experience, are the strengths and weakness of weaknesses of our fraternity? You know, I'm. Uh, we have a lot of weaknesses. We've got a lot of strengths, but I, I, you know, to the short answer to it. And I think the best answer to it is that we've got so many good men who I think have the qualifications and the ability to lead us into the future. And, uh, and uh, I say that knowing that we have a lot of the opposite too. And uh, we've got our problems, we've got our issues. Uh, and you can, you know, you can point to each issue individually and you can say, well, we can do this to fix that and that to fix that. And this is why this and this why that. And I've addressed a lot of those in papers that I've written over the years and uh, the frustration continues. But I think the, 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 the best answer to all of that, to, to fix whatever woes we have is for brothers to embrace masonry 100 percent i i i don't feel like we have enough guys that are embracing masonry 100 they're they're taking the degrees they're they're doing partial stuff and expecting expecting the whole the whole package and and i don't think that you can expect the expect masonry to do the transformation that you're looking for and make a good man better without embracing it 100 percent I mean, I don't think you can price it, you know, a percentage or pick this that you like and that that you like. I think it only works that if you embrace it 100%. And I think that's the answer to any problem that we ever have is to is to get guys uh, actually embracing the fraternity. And basically, uh, I think it's called going all in. I think we got to go all in. It's funny that you mentioned that because, you know, in, in the session that, that Justin and I have had before is you know having well-rounded lodges and and you know having multiple things for for men to do and and in multiple groups and and uh making it interesting for for more than just one person 
right. you know, in your lodge. And, and I think that that goes along with it is, is we need to have the attitude of, of, of uh, participating in more than one group and, and, you know, going in all in a hundred percent, like you're, like you're saying, yeah. that's, it goes both ways. Not only do, do the lodges need to provide that, but we need to, you know, as, as a, as a body embrace that and support it. Exactly. I totally agree. I'll also say to, to piggyback on that, the, the degrees themselves are intended to be solemn and life-changing events. And if a, a brother doesn't go all in, there's a, there's a, there's a conflict there. That means either it was not solemn or it was not life-changing for some reason. And that falls back on us. Uh, Absolutely. We dropped the ball somewhere. Absolutely. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And, and, you know, the bottom line is, is there, you're going to have a certain amount of, of men that come into the fraternity with the wrong idea of what they're going to expect. And they, they're not ever going to have any real intention of going all in and that's going to happen. You know, it's, it's just, it, it, it's the, it's the luck of the draw, but, uh, but the more men that actually embrace it and, and go all in, uh, the, the, the more we will progress as a, as a fraternity, I think. Absolutely. Those, those uh, rites of passage that, that Justin, you know, talks about quite often that I, uh, I believe that that's, that's what brings the, the most value to our fraternity is, is each one of those degrees is a rite of passage that, you know, we, we learn certain truths and build upon our upon our mind and soul uh as we do these and if and if we're not taking them seriously and and while we're providing that that to a brother as well as when we take them then then we lose in this a lot yeah absolutely absolutely yes sir so let me ask you this with with that in mind and and you know we're definitely in a, in a year of transformation. It's been a few years of transformation. I'm sure you've seen in, in the Scottish ride and, and several of the bodies around the San Antonio area. And, you know, I know Justin's seeing it as well. And, and I'm seeing it in, in my area. Um, where do you see the, the current course taking us over the next 10, 20 or 30 years? Over the next 20 or 30 years, uh... It, it kind of depends on if we're going all in or not. It kind of depends. And, you know, I think we all have our certain issues that we have with uh, the way things go and the way things don't go. And there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot, a lot of people that are, uh, that are angry with the Grand Lodge. You know, the Grand Lodge is this, the Grand Lodge is that, and the Grand Lodge doesn't do this. And, uh, you know, in a lot of ways, the, the, fraternity of free and accepted masons and masonry are kind of two different things um we we have guys that are that are not all into masonry they're not really much into masonry but they're they're into everything else and uh i think the closer that we can bring the fraternity and masonry closer together is going to be our future and uh uh you know we 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 have issues that, that, that I think 10 years down the road or some of the issues are going to get taken care of. We've got an 
unbelievable influx of, of really top-notch young men coming in, you know, uh, you guys are right there with them. Um, and even younger men than, than, than you are, who, uh, who really are embracing masonry as masonry should be embraced more than some of the middle-aged guys that we have in the fraternity now. And uh, it's exciting to see. And, uh, you know, I see it in a lot of lodges that I go to. And I think it's, uh, I think it's really, uh, you know, it's really, it's kind of energizing me a little bit thinking that, that, that that's what's coming on. I mean, I won't see a lot of it, obviously, because I'm getting up there in age, but, uh, but I think there's a lot of promise there. The guys really wanting to make, uh, to return to masonry as masonry is meant to be, I guess is the best way I want to say it. Chris, how do we, how do we get there? You said we need more men to embrace Freemasonry. How do we make that happen? You know, I think uh, it goes back to going all in. And I think, you know, Dennis said, mentioned the soul. And, and I can tell you that uh, I believe that if a man is seeking internal trans transformation, which is what, which is what we're all here for, basically it's what we all joined or should have joined for i think if if you're seeking that you can't you can't pick and choose which obligations you you want to abide by and which you don't i think you can't you can't and this is a biggie you can't say you know i don't like that rule that grand lodge rule i don't like that regulation i don't like that law so i'm not going to abide by it you can't do that you know you, you follow the obligations which said that you were going to abide by all the rules regulations and and laws of uh, of your grand lodge and i think that once you make that commitment to go all in regardless of whether you agree with some of the stuff or not once you make that commitment and you and you just focus your mind on going all in that's when things start happening that's when the that's when you're so and and to be honest with you i don't think you can go all in and stray from from where you're supposed to be because your body, you know, your mind is not going to let you do that because if you're all in, you are, you are following it. You're in the stream. You're following everything that you're supposed to do and things start falling into place. Uh, I see guys all the time that, you know, they, 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 they got raised and now they're done and they think they're now a better man and they're not, you know, they, 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 it's, it's a, it's a, a different perception and, and uh, you know, they've just, you know, I'm a, I'm a Masonic education guy, you know, I, I live and breathe Masonic education and, and, uh, and I just, uh, it's, it's disappointing that, uh, so many men are, are turning to other aspects of the fraternity without actually, uh, understanding what the fraternity is really here to do. You know, the, the, the thing that, one of the things that irritates me real bad and, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, faith, hope, and charity. Okay. Well, charity doesn't mean charity was never meant to mean giving monetary gifts to people mm -hmm. or, or anything. Charity is love. You know, charity, in my opinion, is love, faith, hope, and love. And then, and then that love or that, that being following those Masonic principles are what leads us to be charitable, you know, from a philanthropic, philanthropic point of view, uh, and, and we've got, you know, we've got lodges and, and brothers all throughout the fraternity that, 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 that they, that's all they want to do is, is raise money and give money to people. And, and they, and they're missing, 
in my opinion, the big picture. And uh, it's disappointing, but uh, I think uh, the, the sooner we can get everybody all in, uh, I think the better we'll be. I, I agree with what you said about charity. And I, without going off on too much of a tangent, I think, I think Freemasonry teaches us as individuals, we should be charitable men. But I don't think that necessarily implies that is the, the, the goal of the organization itself. Right. It doesn't right. necessarily imply it's a charitable organization. Um, I think, and this isn't necessarily a Masonic thing, but I think as you develop as a man and as you become a better man, you will, by sheer virtue of improving yourself, become um, more, more uh, charitable. Absolutely. It, it, just, it just comes with it. It just happens. Absolutely. You're exactly right. You know, and I, and I think when we change our focus and we start thinking that our primary focus in masonry is to be charitable in the, in the, in the way of giving, you know, money and, and whatever to, to causes and, and to people and everything. I think we, I think we, we blur the lines of where masonry is supposed to really take us. And, uh, uh, you know, just by virtue of being Masons and being true Masons, that charity is going to be there. That's yeah. we're always going to do that. But when we focus, when we, we lay Masonry aside on this side and focus only on the charitable aspect, um, I think we miss we miss out a lot. Yes, sir. I'm going yes, to, we're, uh, we're also given the wrong impression when we do that. We're, absolutely. We're, we're putting the emphasis out there. There's so many people that only recognize us as the clowns at the at the circus or or yes. the little red cards or, or what have you, and and they miss out on on the uh, on the true value that comes with being a mason. I just I just wanted to piggyback real quick on on what y'all were talking about, and and the way I see it is, you know, when I was when I was younger, I wasn't able to contribute as much. And so I, I believed heavily on, on receiving charity and, and just focused on the love aspect. But as I got older, as I grew as a person and as a man, as a, as a contributor of, in life, I was able to give back more. And that's, that's basically what happens is as we become older in our, in our Masonic journey, we realize the responsibilities that we have to those you know behind us that we need to you know help raise them up to to, to learn to to be where we are um so we can be a more productive society in general and that goes with not only charity but you know contributing in our in our local governments and, and things like that you know just being contributors in life and not just uh being the 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 one looking for looking for the handouts and that's where i i agree with you chris that we we oftentimes focus too much on the giving part asking people to give to our charitable functions instead of you know us just being the men that we need to be and being the example that would make other people want to give like we do well one of the things is is that in the early 1900s and before um the, most people didn't weren't able to give money in any charitable fashion to to anybody. I mean, they they didn't have that kind of 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 uh, disposable income at all. You know, they 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 pay. You know, they they uh, contribute at church or, and things like that, but they didn't have 
didn't have that type of money. And so then the focus of, of, of faith, hope, and charity, and charity becomes love, and it the definition becomes the giving of one self to another. Right. You know, rather than a monetary thing, it's the giving of oneself to another. And I think that's to me, that's masonry. You know, we're here to give ourselves to others, you know, to to be there for our brothers and 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 all all of humanity, really. So that's what I go back to. I had no idea you were writing books, but, but here you are, a, a, a published author on Amazon with four books, so many I can't even hold them all in my hand. And, and they've all come out in the past year, all on, on the, uh, all on the back of big John Deacon. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's, uh, it's kind of weird the way that the way it all happened, you know, um, I started a newsletter when I was, when I became worshipful master, one of the big things that I wanted to do is I wanted to, to, to make Masonic education number one in our lodge. And uh, I decided I was going to start a newsletter to send out to our our uh, members every month. And I, I committed to it. I uh, got the format, all stuff. And uh, the, the first month I became Worshipful Master, I uh, made the newsletter and uh, uh, had a real, real good, what I thought, wrote a real good educational article and put in there. And then uh, went through that month and did it the next month. And then the next month after that, and all of a sudden I realized, you know, I would talk to people and say, how'd you like the article? How'd you like that? What are you talking about? You know, the, that, I, that was the first thing, time I found out that I'm, I'm one of the few avid readers there are left in the world. Most Masons don't, don't, don't read and don't like to read. And I thought, well, you know, this is not going to work unless I find some way to get them to look at it, you know? And so uh, I created John Deacon. Uh, don't ask me how I got the name. It just kind of popped in my head. And uh uh, uh, tried to make, uh, uh, the, the whole thing, uh, uh, interesting and informative and, inter and entertaining and, and all of those things. I, I made a kind of a pact with myself a long time ago that, that I was not going to go to lodges unless, uh, unless I was, I could get three of the four, three of these four things, educational, entertaining, enlightening, and enjoyable. If I couldn't get three of those four, I, did, I just kind of didn't want to go. So that's what I wanted to make it so that uh, so that people would try to read it. And uh, so I, I started out the article, started the first article. Um, he's a uh, if you've read the books, he's a he's a uh, outside salesman for a heavy equipment company. And uh, he travels all around the state of Texas. And he happened to break down in front of the shop that I run. And we towed his truck in and fixed it. And while he was sitting there waiting, it was lunch hour. And I told I saw he had a square and compass on his ring. So I got a conversation with him we went out to eat and uh told him i was going to buy him lunch and he because uh, he was spending money at my shop well he he ended up that very first time he ate like three hamburgers and two sets of fries and onion rings and <laughs> and then had dessert after that and hell the bill was like 50 dollars. i didn't know how i was going to explain it to my wife and uh and uh everybody started calling me go man that was great i really liked you know i really liked uh, listening you know reading that and of course each one uh, there's the entertaining part, the humorous part, and then, uh, and then there's a Masonic education, moral lesson, Masonic education part or something in every one of them. Well, it kind of took hold and, uh, I wrote one, uh, every month for eight years. 
and uh uh some of them were i knocked out of the park some of them were just good some of them maybe not that good but uh so i had about 96 articles sitting out there and and people would people would bug the heck out of me and say you know you need to need to publish those things in books and yeah i never really thought much about it and uh uh uh, the Lodge published a book of the first two years of, of the John Deacon articles and gave it to me when they gave me the golden trial one night and kind of blew my mind. Uh, and I and I thought over the years, over the last 10 years, you know, maybe we'll publish them someday. And, and it actually kind of just right time, right place and fell into my lap and, and we did it. And uh, it's been uh, it's been really good. Uh, uh, there, I've gotten lots of responses at, at one time with our newsletter, uh, it was going pretty much all over the world. I mean, we had about 2,500, uh, people that we were actually sending it to and they were, they were forwarding it and sharing it and all that stuff. And now we got people calling from England and people calling from Australia and, and several places, Germany, you know, talking about John Deacon and, uh, uh, so it's, it's, he's kind of evolved, uh, uh, one, of, uh, one of our grandmasters back then when it first started up, every time I'd meet him, he would introduce me to everybody as John Deacon. He wouldn't even introduce me as my name. <laughs> it was always John Deacon, you know, and, uh, he kind of took on a life of his own. He's a, he's a, he's a real good guy. You know, I, I wanted to make him a kind of a Hoss Cartwright kind of guy, you know, Dan Blocker, have you ever seen the Bonanza? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, kind of, kind of wanted to have him be that kind of guy, you know, the kind of guy that could get shocked and and amazed at the same time, and get a little, you know, indignant at times, and and, and that. And uh, uh, they've been real successful. I'm really proud of them. Uh, uh, there, there's one. The the grandmaster this year asked me if uh, he could put one in his uh, monthly newsletter that he sent out every month, and and of course Larry's got it, got one in the. Uh, Texas Mason magazine for the last couple of years. And, uh, you know, he, he's just, it's, uh, I, I think the, the, the biggest surprise is the people that have called me and said, uh, uh, man, my wife really loved, <laughs> really loved reading about John Deacon, you know, and, uh, uh, it's, uh, I think that was kind of, uh, one of the most satisfying things to know that, that, that women had actually, uh, read it and liked it. And, and, uh, uh, it, uh, you know, several people since we, since we, uh, published them have, you know, called me, when's the next book coming out? I already read, you know, I read the last one. I need the next one. And of course now I've got right. several people, uh, uh, leaning on me to write some more articles so we can have a book five. So, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's been amazing. Uh, never expected it to, to, to be like this. It's been pretty good. Nice. Nice. How are, with without going into your your you know your personal finances or anything, how has Amazon done with with selling those books? I mean, how did that process? How did how did the process go for you to go from from thinking it up and then writing it up and then publishing it and then getting onto Amazon and and whatnot? So well, I, actually. Uh... Actually, uh, I was asked to write the forward for a book, a, 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 a newly, a new past master of one of the lodges in San Antonio asked me to uh, write the forward for the book he was writing. 
and uh, he was writing a book about his year in the East, which was which was which was good because he'd done some remarkable things and 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 made a difference. And I thought, man, I told him, I said, I've never done that before, but I'd I'd be honored to. So so I wrote the you know he sent me the book and I read it and and I wrote the forward for it, and uh, and I said, well, who who is. Uh, who is uh, publishing this book for you? And he says, well, I'm doing it. I, I, I started my own publishing company. And I said, oh, wow. And he says, and it must have been something in my voice. He says, you got something you want to publish? And I said, well, I got uh, I got 96 uh, articles that uh, <clears throat> people are trying to get me to, to publish and get out there. And he goes, oh, my God, what are they? And I said, well, they're, they're a newsletter did you know, about a guy named John. De oh, my God, I know John Deacon. I'd love to do that. So. <laughs> Next thing you know, I'm, you know, we're, we're editing and, and, uh, and getting everything together. And he, uh, he published one, it was supposed to be one every month for four months. And it turned out to be, um, uh, the first month, the second month, and then it was skip a month and then skip two months, but they all got out in the same year. It was pretty cool. It's pretty wow. Cool. And, and so, so this brother's in San Antonio and, and he's, he's a publisher. Actually, he's not in San Antonio anymore. He's he's actually in the education industry, and he uh, 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 took a job as a superintendent in a in a school district close to the close to the border in East Texas. And okay. uh, but he, you know, his his publishing company is ongoing, uh, and he's uh, he's uh, he's published several books, several books, and uh, he's actually asked, now asked me to uh, put a collection of my some somewhere close to 200 uh, papers I've written over the last 15, 20 years. And, uh, and we're going to publish those uh, wow. in a book. Wow, Very sounds, cool. Yeah. That, that is, that yeah is we're, awesome. we're not going to get rich by any means, but, <laughs> but, but uh, it's going to be out there. And I, it's, you know, to me, I've never considered myself an author. Um, I, I have a, I have a very vivid imagination. And when, when, uh, when I come up with an article, a suggestion for uh john uh i just i just keep typing as long as the movie plays in my head and and uh and that's what comes out and, and it's always a lot of fun every uh every article is is uh a situation that either happened to me or happened to somebody close to me uh that i have taken and uh and uh some of them i didn't some of them were so funny that i didn't have to uh help them along at all and some of them i helped a little bit but uh, they were a, they were a lot of fun writing, and uh, and when I go back and read them now, I look at them and I go, "How in the heck did I write this? I, I don't, <laughs> I don't. This this doesn't look like something I wrote. I mean, it's too good." <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, it's it's been it's been a a nice little ride for the last you know six seven months. So to to reiterate, these books can be found on Amazon. Yeah, they're all they're all on Amazon. They're they're uh, you know they're like twelve ninety nine a piece, and uh, and and uh, uh, they're they're selling pretty pretty well. Uh, people have uh, called and requested them, and and then uh, at first it was just uh, paperback, and now Amazon contacted us and said, hey, we we're gonna give you a, a hardbound option too. So wow, we got a nice. Yeah, what, what are the what are the uh, names of the, of the books that are out already? Well, the, the books, the books, uh, all four books have the same exact name and the, and the name. I will tell you that when I first started the article, the, the newsletter, the name of the of the uh, 
the articles were were, were uh, the profound pontifications of Brother John Deacon. That was the name, and uh, and it kind of took off and everything. When when we published the books, uh, me not being savvy about the internet uh, as much as uh, uh, he was, the uh, uh, he decided he asked me if we could change the name a little bit, and of course. Dennis is holding up the book there. It's, it's now the profound philosophical pontifications of Big John Deacon, Freemason extraordinaire. <laughs> so uh, it's a long, long, long title, but uh, it was it was designed to, uh, you know, to for certain keywords, I guess, you know, uh, if somebody's searching uh, for it. But yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's pretty neat, you know. Uh, like I say, I don't consider myself an author per se. And, and really and truly, you're, you're never going to read a word. John Deacon's never going to come up with a word that you're going to have to go to the dictionary and look up. That's, that's how simple the book is. So, uh, but he's, uh, he's got, he's got great ideas. They're, 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 they're things that have, uh, that have impacted uh, Texas masonry uh, over the last 10 years, 15 years. Uh, uh, the articles we, we, we eat at a different place almost every time. There's several places that we've been to three or four times, but, but, uh, it's always a different, uh, somebody described it as a, as a, as a, uh, pleasant trip through all of the restaurants in, in Texas, you know, cause, cause you know, we go to a lot of different ones and, and, uh, and we, we talk in depth about what's going on in the restaurant and the people there and stuff like that. So it's, it's kind of interesting. I get, uh, uh, like I say, it surprises me that I that I did all that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll uh, I'll include links below uh, on the on the YouTube description and in the podcast cool. description. So, if anyone is interested and if uh, you want just a quick link, uh, check out the description below, and I'll be sure to put those there. Super. The resolution that we were talking about is Resolution Five. It's it. I was I was pretty honored this year to. Um, be asked to help out with some of the um, special assignments that that were going on with Grand Lodge, and and um, this was one of the things that that they needed people to do some research on, and so we we did some research and some and came up with some ideas. And and what this is what this resolution is for is uh, is basically taking the service out of the Masonic Education and Service Committee and, and having a, a committee of its own in, in the service area. And, and this is for different things like natural disasters and, and other um, service-oriented uh, events that would happen in different regions. So it would basically regionalize a service team, create a service team of, of people from different regions that would um, that would be responsible for um, for having phone numbers, contacts. You know, the, the people you go to, if, like if your lodge needed to get a hold of FEMA or whatever, you would call your regional service guy and say, you know, how do I get a hold of our local FEMA representative or what have you? And that's what that would be for. It wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't be for them to take on the world by themselves, but it would be a resource for lodges to, to go to without having to contact Grand Lodge because the secretary is really more is is more for the administrative work of Grand Lodge, not for um, 
organizing and and making things happen in this scenario it really it's for us to take care of ourselves anyways um and then years ago it was placed onto the education committee to as the education committee and services education and services committee and the services part of it never really took shape or took form and and so it really wasn't worthwhile to even have it as part of that committee because it, it didn't really take hold and and you know that Chris you were on the committee for for years and, and vice chair of the committee and, and and so forth so you probably know more about this than I do I've just been helping with them this past year and and then helping on this on this little project but the uh but basically resolution five is is in order to create a it, it's to separate the the committee from from the education committee it's to create a committee separate from the education committee that would um that would deal with the services for you know natural disasters other other different all types of different services just you know getting water out to people you know there would be there would be one regional person in in each area and that region and that's another thing that we don't even have really set up in grand lodge is is regions for texas you know you see the texas masons app and and so i think that we should have regions that go along with that app so that when you go to that app you can go to your regional liaison and and get the help you need through through that region so number one we have to create these regions and number two then you put the people in place in those regions to to uh to to, to help out the lodges within the the districts that are within those regions so it, there's quite a bit that actually goes into this resolution and i can see where people may be concerned about that because it is going to be um an undertaking doing it but it's for the betterment of our fraternity and it takes pressure off of well it, it and that's the thing is that it's not really getting done at this point so it'll actually create an avenue for this for us to actually have a services committee well, I can tell you that you're right on the money on on all of that. Uh, being a member of the of the Education Service Committee for ten years, uh, nine nine and one actually, but uh, uh, we were uh, when when I got on the committee with with Brother Larry Fitzpatrick, uh, there was a concern we wanted to to adopt and take care of everything that was was the definition of the. Grand Lodge Education Service Committee, and that service aspect had not been addressed or even even utilized at all for many years. And uh, uh, the, to be honest with you, there was there was very little time to do it with all of the other responsibilities of the uh, officer leadership training and all the things that that the committee did around the state to be ready and and do the things we needed to have a a district response team for disaster relief. And and it just it just as hard as we tried, we never could get to it. So I think this is a this is a really a positive step forward uh, 
to to make that thing happen and i and i'm i'm very happy that you undertook that uh, and uh and uh, i'm looking forward to seeing that passing so we can uh, we can get control of that aspect of it it's a it's a pretty long resolution and and it's and it's got a lot in it however that's basically it's 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 basic in in what needs to happen and and it needs you know hopefully you guys can can talk it up and get people interested and and uh get them and you know get it ultimately passed you know it's not something that's going to happen because it is going to have to be a change to the constitution um it, it it takes more than one year um but we have to get the ball rolling this year to, to make it happen i think it takes a, a positive vote Two years in a row to to make it to make it actually pass um isn't that correct chris that's correct yeah you're absolutely right well you gotta start somewhere right right so yeah. if we can yeah. just get a positive vote here even if it yeah. doesn't get a positive vote next year at, at least we can get it started this year and yeah. and then uh, if we need to tweak it or or yeah. make amendments then we can worry about that next year or whatever but yeah there's absolutely no reason that this thing should not be uh, pass easily when it comes to time to do it because it's something that's not being done now. It's not able to be done, and it's something we need bad. When when the disaster in West, remember when the 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 right uh, right that plant blew up in West, you know we we tried our darndest to do some to you know get involved in that, but it just we didn't have the resources on hand. We were starting basically from scratch, and it just it didn't you know, it, it was hard. It didn't work. And, uh, this is something that's, that's sorely needed. And, and, uh, I think I feel confident it'll, it'll go through. Good. Good. Thank you. The let's next look, one. Let's look at resolution number seven. I'll read through it, uh, briefly, just, uh, just in case any of the listeners haven't had a chance to look over it. So, uh, resolution number seven, whereas Article 405A of the laws of the Grand Lodge of Texas prohibits the publication of the names of petitioners, candidates, and apprentice masons and fellow craft masons, and whereas where it appears that some Masonic lodges disregard or believe that this article only applies to the publication of the name of the initiated or past brother, and nevertheless publish the image of the inner apprentice mason and or fellow craft mason on social media sites to announce the brother's advancement, many times immediately after the degree ritual, and whereas the article is silent on the publication of images of petitioners, candidates, EAs, and fellow crafts, it is clear that the spirit of this article intends to include the publication of images with or without their names, since family, friends, and acquaintances can identify them, whereas the wearing of the apron during the ritual and meeting is intended to be kept secret by its membership. Um, okay. Publishing images of the of EAs and fellow crafts wearing their aprons as they advance on their journey to Master Masons reveals a part of that degree's ritual. And whereas amending Article 405A resolves any question as to whether the publication of images of EAs and or fellow crafts with or without their names on social media sites or any other digital, electronic, uh, video, photographs, or written format is prohibited. Therefore, be it resolved that 405A of the laws of Grand Lodge of Texas be amended as follows. And then it says, um, the 
names and images of petitioners, candidates, entered apprentices, and fellow craft masons shall not be published. Uh, it, re it removes in a newsletter, and then it says whether in digital, electronic, video, photographic, or written format on any social media site or any other platform, public or private. I, I have my opinion on it, clearly, because this is something I wanted to talk about, but I'm curious what y'all's thoughts are. Go ahead, Chris. You're, you're, the, I, you're the guest. I'll, I'll be honest. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I 100% agree with this resolution. Um, I, I hope that it passes. It needs to pass. Um, you know, there are, as, as corny as this sounds, there are people out there and we all know how social media works. And there are people out there who are, who have a, have a, uh, misguided and uh, uh, uninformed opinion about who we are and what we do and uh, to give them the opportunity. And I've seen it. I mean, I've seen it when I've seen it happen. Uh, give, give those type of people the opportunity to, to disparage our, our fraternity, to disparage the, the, the brother who's going through the degrees uh, to to say things that are absolutely false, and uh, unfortunately, things that that people say in that respect, uh, there are uh, narrow-minded individuals that pick up on that and and parrot it, and I don't think we need that kind of publicity. I I, I don't think it's that big a deal. I know that lodges are excited, and um, just just happy to to have. Uh, initiated past or uh, a new member but uh there's there's a time and place for everything and i think uh i, I agree with the the, the uh, pictures of the wearing of the aprons that's not necessary uh it's just you know we're only we're only talking about a short time before the guy gets raised to to the sublime degree of a master mason and there's just no reason that i can see that he needs that his picture and and uh and uh and everybody else being in, in uh, on Facebook or social media or whatever. I just, I just, I just agree with this resolution and I hope it passes. I agree. I, I, I think that the, the entered apprentice and the fellow craft Mason, while they are Masons and if they were to pass away or what have you, then I, I support a full Masonic funeral for them because they are actually Masons. They've made it through our, our vetting process and we found them worthy to take the degrees of Masonry. However, they are not, let's say full members um, because they, they, they haven't, well, as you know, they're, they're, you're not a master Mason until you're a master Mason and, 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 at, and they don't really even understand what they're a part of yet. In fact, I don't, to be honest with you, I didn't know really what I was a part of until years after I was a Mason. I mean, I, I knew what I was a part of, but I really didn't know the, the, the depth and the, and the width of the, of, the, uh, of the obligations that I took. And I, and I didn't, I, I wasn't prepared to talk to other people about that. 
if if someone came to me on the streets and challenged me about masonry, I would just make the, the fraternity look bad. So giving people the opportunity to see somebody who's not ready to be out there yet, who's not, not ready to um, have those discussions, I just don't think it's a good idea. I, even if it's within a, a somewhat of a closed type group within like, uh, let's say the Texas Masons or Texas Freemasonry uh, Facebook pages, you know, I, I don't think they should be in, involved in those because there's too many discussions that go outside of the, the uh, or they're too inside of, of bounds of, of what should stay in, in the lodge. So I, I, I think that, that we should absolutely make sure that, that people don't have their pictures up until they're actually master masons, until they're uh, real contributors to the fraternity as a whole. Well, I'll, uh, I'll take the, the less popular opinion on this. In 99.9% of lodges, uh, and this goes back to our earlier conversations, there's really not a huge difference in a, in, in, in a man between his EA degree and his master's degree. Uh, there should be, but there's often <laughs> not. And so I, I understand the, the, the argument that he's not, he's not ready, but he's as ready as he was as an EA, in my opinion. Most, most people. I'll, I'll, of course, abide by whatever the law is. Like I said, like we said earlier, we, we took our obligations um, I just, I just feel like sometimes we're a little too zealous about this. And I, I think that social media is, is, is the best way to, to get out what your lodge is doing. For example, one of the main reasons that a lot of lodges do charity is, is for publicity. That's, that's what one of my least is they, they do things to get out in the face of the public, uh, hoping to get new members but you already have something that's that's freely available and will get you exposed to to many more people than standing on the street corner selling uh, uh, fried potatoes or something. And that is that is social media. So I think if we're not posting something, we're missing an opportunity. I, I guess I guess I'm almost I'm almost um, I, I see both sides of the fence. So I, I don't guess I'm as far one way as I originally thought. But I feel as though, personally, I'm just not a fan of the, of the law in general. I think, I think we, we should be able to uh, post the image um, without getting some kind, of, uh, some kind of ramification. I mean, if we don't want to post names or anything, that's fine. But when, when, when this guy turns in his master's work, and he's a master mason in a few months, um, the same people that would have reached out to him as an EA I'm going to reach out to him now as a master and he's going to have the same, he's going to have the same uh, uh, remarks as he would as an EA. I totally agree with what you, what you just stated. My, my position didn't come from the position that he did, that he couldn't defend himself or he couldn't defend the fraternity. Um, my position was, was more like, uh, I'll take an example, uh, 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 a newly initiated brother, uh, his picture was on Facebook and his mother and father did not know that he had uh, uh, petitioned Freemasonry. 
and uh, right in the middle of him trying to learn his work and doing, you know, getting settled in and doing stuff, he was under an, uh, 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 an immense assault by his family for making the decision to, to do it. In which case, you know, it, it was, it was tough on him. It was very tough on him. And, uh, uh, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. Even becoming a master Mason, uh, not, I mean, I know guys that have been Masons for 15, 20 years, and they still can't explain what masonry is or, mm. or, or defend masonry in any way, shape or form. But, uh, but when I saw this guy get attacked and, uh, you know, uh, uh, he ended up having to drop out. He ended up uh, having to go because his 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 family and and many of his friends were relentless, and uh, wow. uh, they never convinced him that that we were the the uh, devil spawn that they were trying to. But uh, but he just could not handle it. I mean, he was literally almost uh, uh, rejected from the family in most wow. ways because of that decision. And uh, and I think I think from a certain perspective, that's that's to me this the, there's more of that in in the reason for this for this uh, 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 resolution than than him not being able to defend the fraternity properly yeah yeah that's that's very unfortunate um, but I, then again that that also goes back to the the same family members would have came at him with the same with the same opinions if even if they found out after he had been a master mason yeah, and it's, nope. I mean, it would have been the same situation. I mean, yeah, if your entire family is against it. It doesn't yeah. matter if you're an EA or yeah. a master. Um, you're probably exactly not going right. to stick with it. That's exactly right. And and uh, you know, the, he may have had a better platform to stand on. You know, at that point as a master mason. But as far as Facebook, you know, advertising, I don't really think we do enough advertising. To be honest with you, I mm -hmm. I think uh, I think we need to be out there, loud and proud, and and we're we're a lot better than we used to. You know, yeah. when I was master of lodge, uh, there was very little going on. And, uh, you know, I'm of the opinion that uh, you cannot advertise too much, no matter yeah. what it is. Yeah. You, Even if you just tag it out there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, brothers, um, this has been a very good interview. I'm very, I'm very pleased with where the conversation has gone and everything. Uh, I think this is also probably a good, a good wrap up point. Uh, does anyone have any uh, final remarks they'd like to say? Uh, I I don't I don't really have anything uh, major to say. I I appreciate the opportunity to uh, to come on and and uh, and talk about my books. Uh, uh, they're uh, like I say, it's it's a whole new world to me, <laughs> and uh, and I'm enjoying it. And I've enjoyed the uh, the uh, the reaction that the, that people have to the books, and and I hope that if anybody has any any comments or anything they'll they'll won't hesitate to to email me or contact me in any way and uh and i, I appreciate y'all inviting me on here tonight thanks absolutely absolutely dennis we got about 30 seconds so all right <laughs> well as, as can't my, do this in don't, 30 seconds don't say as, anything i have to edit exactly as my primary mentor i'm, I'm ecstatic that, that chris was was our first interview with with me coming on the show with with you justin i'm i'm extremely proud to to be a member of your team and and uh i'm just so grateful for chris for for honoring us with his time and and uh hopefully freemasonry will will be all that that we hope it to be in the next 10 20 years you know with uh with people like us around and and the guys that and the guys that are teaching us how to uh 
how to do it, you know, hopefully we'll make a good impact on, on Freemasonry. Wonderful. Absolutely. Well, Dennis, Chris, I appreciate you both. And, uh, I, uh, I look forward to, uh, I don't think I met you in person yet, Chris, but I hope to meet you in person soon. And, I hope so. Uh, looking forward to our next interview, Dennis. Absolutely. Right, y'all take care. Yes, sir. Thank you take guys. Care.